This is God's servant Dilip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. Look to the Lord in prayer before we get into the word today. Father, thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for all that you're doing in our midst. Thank you, Lord, for moving in our midst. Thank you, Appa, for your people having gathered together, uh, each of us coming from different parts, different homes, from different vocations, from different walks of life, united with one purpose because of one thing, the love of God, the love of Christ has united us and brought us to this place so that we can worship you together, that we can have fellowship with each other. Father, even as we spend some time in your presence, at your feet, listening to your word, we pray that you'll minister, you'll minister your heart, you'll minister your, your will, you'll minister that which we need to hear this morning. That which we need to hear this morning. Word in season for every heart, word in season for every ear. And let them hear what the Spirit is saying to them, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're going to do. Give you this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we've been on this uh, topic of grace. If you would remember, in the preceding weeks before um, triumphal entry, the, the Palm Sunday. Yeah, and uh, we've been looking at grace. And the Holy Spirit taught us that grace is the, the ability of God. That's right. Grace is the ability of God. And that's not one of those... Uh, common definitions that we get to hear, but, you know, we've been learning, uh, you know, there is so much about grace that we need to learn, and we've been looking at different aspects of grace, different angles uh, of this very wide, very um, big topic, yeah? So we learned that the Holy Spirit taught us that grace is the ability of God. Say ability of God. <laughs> it is the ability of God. We, we learned that grace is what enables us to do what God wants us to do. Amen. Grace is what helps us to perform up to the expectations of God. Amen. That's what enables us to perform to the expectations of God. Grace is given to you so that you can perform, that you can match up to the expectations of God. You don't have to be worried about how can I match up to his expectations. He has already, all, all, uh, already given you his grace so that you can match up to his expectation. If you can avail of his grace, you can walk in the fullness of his expectation. Amen. You can walk in triumph. You can walk in victory. We've been singing about victory this morning. You can walk in victory by the grace of God. And the undeniable effect of grace, we, we looked at that also a couple of Sundays back, is that it enriches your life. Say, enriches your life. Grace enriches my life. Tell, confess it. Grace enriches my life. In all speech and in all knowledge, I'm enriched because of the grace of God. It enriches. It, it gives uh, it gives color to my life. It, it adds flavor to my life. Amen? It enriches my life. Uh, to such an extent that it makes itself evident in the eyes of others. And if you're walking in grace, it is not difficult to look at a person who's walking in grace and understand that he's walking in grace. It makes itself evident. Say grace makes it itself evident. Grace makes it itself evident. And it's, it's a visible virtue. We never thought about that probably before you heard this. But grace is a visible virtue. 
contrary to popular notion we we have this idea that grace is that invisible invisible virtue somewhere hidden in the depths of our heart no grace the effects of grace are so visible we can see grace in action we can see the working of grace by looking at a person now you cannot hide grace that's why we even looked at the, those expressions like very graceful movements we look at a dancer and say very graceful in her movements very graceful in her expressions why we can see grace tell your neighbor you can see grace amen and um, you know the the enriching effect of grace is such that it it highlights it highlights it highlights you remember uh, we we highlighted the name of david amen he is the, the the lone believer in his in his workplace and i told you how grace highlights you wherever you are in the world if you are a person is a child if you're a child of god if you received of his grace grace will highlight you the limelight of heaven is upon you all the time amen that's what grace can do it makes you stand out from others and i also showed you from the scripture that it is possible to nullify grace and we looked at that scripture now paul is saying i i do not wish to nullify the grace of god it is possible to nullify grace what do you mean to nullify to bring it to no effect a person can bring grace to no effect by not yielding to it by not by not valuing it say valuing it by not regarding it by not esteeming it highly you need to esteem the grace of god you cannot cheapen grace you have to esteem it highly you got to cherish the grace of god if you fail to cherish the grace of god if you fail to esteem the grace of god and appreciate the grace of god you are in the danger of nullifying the grace of god are you with me tell anybody do not nullify the grace of god do not nullify the grace of god the word of god when you study the word of god it makes a big deal of grace it it makes a big deal of grace you know read epistle after epistle you you will come across this word every other verse every other uh, passage of scripture you will come across grace and you know the the way it is mentioned the you know the expression given to it it's it's so dynamic say dynamic why is grace such a big deal because it is a big deal for god it's a big deal for god grace is a big deal for god is the grace of christ that that we have the same grace that he had that we are enjoying that's why the bible calls it the grace of our lord and savior jesus christ be with us amen the same grace that we saw in christ that the same grace grace that christ had is the grace that we have um but sadly we undermine the role of grace in our lives we tend to undermine the role of grace and in doing so we are in the danger of of nullifying how can we undermine the role of grace how do we undermine the role of grace by not esteeming it yes but let me see if you can come with me this morning how do you undermine grace how can a person undermine grace or downplay the working of grace what does the bible say god gives grace to the but he resists the proud so pride is something that can undermine grace are you with me this morning if you are a proud and haughty person if you are a very uh, very boastful arrogant person haughty person you can undermine grace 
and you you got to be you got to have the right understanding of grace this morning it is important for you to look at grace and and desire to have a right understanding of grace and when is the last time you gave yourself a serious study on this topic i'm asking you some of you here when is the last time you gave this topic a, a serious consideration in your in your personal study of god's word when is the last time you applied your mind your meditation your thoughts to consider grace do you understand how big the role of grace is in your life you know what you know what paul said he said i am who i am by the so grace makes you who you are supposed to be in the kingdom of god if grace makes you what it's what you're supposed to be in the kingdom of god how big is grace and why is it that we treat it like a very simple filet a common word not really going deep into what it means if not for the grace of god you know that we are stuck forever we are stuck in our misery without the grace of god without the ability of god we can do say nothing without him we can do nothing so if not for the grace of god you cannot move an inch you cannot move an inch without the grace of god you can be nothing without the grace of god that's why paul said it very clearly you know you you know when we think of paul i know i'm sure that the name itself carries such aura such um majesty the greatest apostle who ever lived paul paul said i am who i am by the grace of god if not for grace i'm nothing that's what he meant and we serve a god who deals with grace with such abundance say abundance he deals with grace with such abundance he deals with grace with such purpose say purpose now whenever you whenever you study the word grace or the working of grace you must understand grace has come to you in such abundance it has come to you with such a purpose from god then why is it that we are so unmoved by it if god has lavished grace upon us if god has lavished grace upon us with such purpose why is it that we are so unmoved by it why is it that the consideration of grace that it, it do not bring tears into our eyes why is it that we don't we don't break down in worship when we think of grace is it that we don't really know what grace is is it that we do not really understand how big grace is and if like i said the other week that if it is possible for a person to nullify the grace of god with whatever attitude that that person shows then are we not in the danger of nullifying the grace of god in our lives by not understanding what grace is by not considering what grace is 
why not why not meditating on what grace is think about it by taking grace for granted by not understanding what grace can do in your life don't you think that you are in, in the danger you are treading on dangerous grounds of nullifying the grace of god that one thing god has lavished on you he has given god is able to make all what did we say this morning god is able to make all grace what 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 sorry i didn't hear you one more time god is able to make all grace say abound say abound he is able to make all grace abound that's what we're talking about here something that is able to make abound is able to make grace abound to you what do you mean by abound lavish say lavish is able to give it lavishly is able to give you an excess beyond measure that's right it means beyond measure god is able to give you grace beyond measure is able to give you grace beyond measure running over immeasurable unquantifiable that's what it means abound and we are in the danger of nullifying that one thing god has lavished on us to nullify means to uh, you know to disesteem to disregard to bring to no effect if you are, you must understand what grace can do the effects of grace when you understand the, when you study the effects of grace you will realize how big a blunder you are doing by not giving due consideration to grace and not cherishing grace tell your neighbor you are you can you you will become what you will become or you will become what god wants you to become by the grace of god tell your neighbor you will become what god wants you to become by the grace of god okay now make it more make it more uh, strong by saying you will not become what you got to become if not for the grace of god think about it think about it you can miss out on being who god wants you to be without the grace of god you will miss out you will miss out tell your neighbor you will miss out you will miss out you will miss out on becoming who god wants you to be you will miss out on what god is doing if not for the grace of god that's such a like like i said it's such a simple five word it's so sweet it's sweet Oh, the word grace is so sweet it's so refreshing grace wow sweet and refreshing word it brings joy to the mind it sounds so simple that we tend to think we know everything about it don't we such a simple small word if it was a big word then probably you know we would have given it due consideration but because it's such a simple word that's what we think about grace sweet refreshing grace let's look at scripture first peter chapter 4 verse 7 to 11 first peter chapter 4 verse 7 to 
the end of all things is aha hallelujah the end of all things is are you happy for that the end of all things is near therefore be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer above all keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins be hospitable to one another without complaint okay i'm not going to go into those scriptures those verses but i want to focus on the next verse as each one has received a special gift employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of god who speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of god who serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which god supplies so that in all things god may be glorified through christ jesus to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever amen hallelujah that one verse verse 10 let's go back to that as each one has received a special gift say special gift say gift this verse is talking about gifts amen and then it goes on to say employ it say employ it meaning use it that's what it means so it talks about the gift it talks about how to use it how to use it in serving one another say in serving one another so gift how to use it in service as good stewards say good stewards so it talks about stewardship of the manifold grace of god man so this scripture tells us that we are to use the gifts which we have received to serve one another how many of you have gifts don't worry i'm not going to i'm not going to call you up or anything i just want to ask you and i just want to know your conviction about it how many of you have a special gift i don't even want to make it plural how many of you have a special gift yes put it up put your put your hands up i will not call you i will not i will not put turn the limelight on you don't worry okay just for you to know for you to be sure about you all most of you think most of you think that you have a special gift now what does the bible say the scripture tells us that we are to use the gifts which we have received to serve to serve to serve so gifts are for service in the kingdom gifts are for service in the kingdom not to play on the street say amen ben amen not to play for the world not to show the world but give suffer say it loud give suffer service in the kingdom amen so eliminate any and all confusing confusion regarding this regarding gifts if you have a gift it is to serve one another in the church in the church oh you're not agreeing with me if you have a gift that is to serve one another in the church say in the church say in the kingdom of god say for the gospel of christ that's the that's the purpose of every gift amen a gifted christian ought to serve in the kingdom i'm just phrasing it in different ways so that it'll hit you hard a gifted christian ought to serve in the kingdom of god now i want to hear a resounding yes 
a gifted Christian ought to serve in the kingdom of God. A believer who has identified his or her gift must make himself or herself available to the church for service. Uh-huh. Why is it waning? Why is the amen waning out? Some of you are like, okay, is he going to ask me to do something after this? Is pastor up to some mischief here? But think about it. That's what the Bible says. As each of, see the Bible says, as each one, it does not leave anybody out. As each one, say each one. So put your hand on the chest and say each one. It is about you. Amen. Say it's about me. As each one has received a special gift. And I like the, the way the Bible puts it. The Bible says it's giving, giving an assurance at least one gift. That's what it means. That's what it means. Not that there's only one gift, but at least one gift. That's what it means. As each one has received a special gift. Employ it in serving one another. Hallelujah. Your gift is for the service in the kingdom. Then let no one deceive you of that truth. You know, why must you serve? Why must you make yourself available to the kingdom of God? Why must you make your gift available to the service in the kingdom of God? Is it to make the pastor happy? Is it to make the pastor happy? Say no. No, it's not to make the pastor happy. Is it to become famous? No, say no. It's to feel important. Now, some people feel very important because they have a gift. It's to give you an identity. Now, so for some of you, your gift is your identity. Now, the Bible does not say all that. The Bible just says you have a gift, you better use it. Employ it. Employ it. Where? In serving one another. In serving the church of God. In serving in the kingdom of God. If you have a gift, serve the church. Not for anything else. Serve. It's for service. Because gift is about stewardship. Say stewardship. Serving one another as good stewards. So that means a reluctance to serve in the kingdom with your gift by employing the gift which God has given you is a failure to be a good steward of God. I hope I didn't lose you there. Long sentence. I'm sorry about that. But think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. A reluctance to serve in the kingdom with your gift is a failure from your part in becoming a good steward of God. You fail in your stewardship unto God if you don't serve in the church. Be quiet, very quiet, very quiet. Revelation Church is very quiet today. I don't know why. I don't know why. I'll, say, I'll repeat what I said one more time. A reluctance to serve in the kingdom is a failure in your stewardship unto God. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. The ministry is not about the gift. 
For many people, ministry is about the gift that you have. No, ministry is not about the gift. Ministry is about stewardship. Ministry is not about the gift. Ministry is about stewardship. And we think, okay, stewards of what? Stewards of the gift? Does the Bible say, as good stewards of the gift? As each one has received a special gift, let him employ it in serving one another as a good steward of what? Of the gift? No, of the manifold grace of God. What does that mean? What do you mean manifold grace of God? I, I want you to come with me. Don't, don't get stuck. Come with me. What do you mean by manifold grace of God? What do you mean manifold grace of God? Okay, multi-dimensional grace of God. Is that right? Okay, many dimensions to it. The, the grace of God has got many dimensions to it. Manifold grace of God. Okay, give me another word for that. Many dimensions, multi-dimensional, yes. Multifaceted, can I use that? Multifaceted grace of God. See, you are not a steward of the gift. You are a steward of the grace of God. You are a steward of the grace of God. By not employing your gift, you are failing in your stewardship of the grace of God. Who all can serve? Say it loud. Who all can serve? Say it loud. Who all can serve? Say who all can serve. Say it loud. Everyone say it loud. Really? Really? You all can serve? Does the Bible say you all can serve? You all can serve. Why? Say it. Because of the... So is there anybody here who has not received the grace of God? You are saved by grace, right? So nobody is exempt. You have received of the grace of God. Meaning you have a special gift. Meaning you are to serve. And many times we, you know, we tend to say, I don't have any gift. But do you have, a, do you have grace? That means you have a gift. Because gift is the expression of God's grace in your life. So that's why the Bible does not call you a steward of the gift. The Bible calls you a steward of the grace of God. The manifold grace of God. The multifaceted grace of God. The Bible is not calling you a steward of the gift. But the Bible is calling you a steward of the grace of God. You have received the grace of God. Which can express as diverse gifts. which can express in, in diverse forms, in a variety of gifts, multi-dimensional. Some of you can preach, some of you can sing, some of you can teach, some of you can, can counsel people, some of you can connect with people, some of you can play instruments. What is that? That is not skill, that is not gift, that's the grace of God expressing itself as a gift. That's why it is important for you to you know, be appreciative of uh, the gift that is in, um, you know, the musicians that you see here. Because it is not gift. 
What is it? What does the Bible say? Do not? Do not? Say nullify. Meaning, you have to highly? Highly esteem the grace of God. Now some of you are sleeping on your gift. Or you are oblivious of the fact that you have a gift. Because you think it is just an acquired skill. Or you think of it as a developed talent. But you don't understand it as the grace of God expressing itself in you. Some of you are sleeping on your gift. You have not even identified your gift. You know why? Because you think of it as a, an acquired skill. No, I, I grew up with musicians, so I'm a musician. You know, I grew up in a family of singers, so I'm a singer. You know, I've always, uh, in school, they've trained me to, uh, to speak well, so I can speak well. No. That's not how it is. That is not what it is. Are you a child of God? Then everything about your life is about the grace of God. Amen. It's not about your skill. It's not about your talent. It's not about your experience. It's not about how you developed it or nourished it. No. It's the grace of God wanting to express. Say the manifold grace of God. The manifold grace of God. The multifaceted grace of God. Diverse gift of God. Grace of God. If you're going to lightly esteem it or avoid using it for God or shy away from employing the gift in the kingdom, you are once again in the danger of nullifying the gift of God. Tell your neighbor, do not mishandle your gift. Do not mishandle your gift because it is about the grace of God. Do not take it lightly. Do not make it your identity. Some of you, I want to tell you again, do not make your gift your identity. Do not make your gift your livelihood. Do not make your gift something to, be, to brag about. Do not be haughty about your gift. Do not employ it wrongly. Do not look down on others because of your gift. Because what you have is not a gift, not a talent, not an ability. It is the expression of the grace of God about which you have nothing to do. About which you have nothing to do. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2. What does it say? Grace and peace be? What? So no, we, we, we read in the scripture, there's an instruction to grow in the grace of God. Say grow in the grace of God. Now how do we grow in the grace of God? How does growth happen? Say addition. Normal tendency to think about growth is addition, right? Am I right? Am I right? Maths teacher. Growth is about addition, mostly, right? Now, when you grow by addition, you call it, you call it arithmetic progression, right? Is it right? Yeah? How feel like, is, is it a maths class or church? When, 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 when something grows by addition, it's called arithmetic progression. But when something grows by multiplication, it's called what? Exponential growth or it's geometric progression, right? Exponential growth. Are you with me? Look at this. Grace, God is not going to just add grace to you. He's able to make all grace abound to you. 
grace the effect of grace in your life will not be just added little by little day by day it can be multiplied in your life grace can increase in your life exponentially is it difficult is it is it hard to uh, see when something grows exponentially well, look at a business if a business grows exponentially is it difficult to make out that it is growing exponentially no we all will know that it's growing exponentially that's how the grace of god ought to grow in your life everyone around you must be able to see oh this is grace being multiplied so you start off with one expression of grace which is that special gift which you start to employ but what is god doing god is able to make all grace abound to you and you you are that's why we are given given the permission to pray let grace be multiplied let grace be multiplied be multiplied let the effects of grace be multiplied let it abound in your life let the world around you see that you're walking in grace exponential growth of grace now why is it that we look down on ourselves so much why is it that we think that we cannot do it now why is it that we underuse ourselves or underutilize ourselves in the kingdom of god we don't understand grace that's why now think about it if a fisherman or fishermen if fishermen can become leaders of the greatest and the fastest growing movement on this earth which has not stopped till date a mere fisherman a bunch of nobodies in the king, in the in the in, uh, on the earth mere fishermen they turned the world upside down they started a movement which is continuing continuing on and on for centuries and today we are studying about what they have written down what is that that is grace a tax collector or a physician a regular work they attend rework they have written down some things which is studied by historians today the greatest accounts of history if you want to study you have to read the accounts of matthew and luke and all who are they normal people going about their tax collecting jobs or you know physician whatever they were that's what grace can do that's what grace can do it can make you somebody out of nobody it can make you somebody out of nobody it can make you do things which you never dreamed you will ever do now you are, you you keep considering yourself no i'm i'm not wired for that you know i can't speak like that i can't sing like that no i can't meet people i can't talk to people like that i cannot be on in the front like that you know i fumble i i make mistakes i stammer i do this i do that i'm sorry you are so focused on yourself you're not understanding the effects of grace you have something called grace it's a small five letter word but the effects of that grace is so exponential it can be multiplied it makes you grow it enriches your life it enriches everything about your life that you will be enriched in not just in in small little things but in all wisdom in all speech and knowledge speech and knowledge that's what grace can do we we learned about that 
It can enrich your speech. It can enrich your knowledge. It can enrich your understanding. You want to go by your skill? Okay, go by your skill. You want to go by your talents? Go by your talents. But if you want to see what God's grace can do, acknowledge the grace of God. And like Paul, you must be able to say, I am who I am by the grace of God. You know, we, 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 are so, we are so caught up with what we have. We are so caught up with what we have. You know, Jesus was ministering to the multitudes. And he asked the disciples to find some food for them. They were so caught up with what they had. They brought to him something that they had. What was that? Five loaves of bread and two fish. How, much, how many people could be fed with that? No, 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 no. Tell me. In the natural. Five loaves and two fish. One person. Not sufficient for some of us. Five loaves and two fish is not sufficient for some of us. Okay, let's say people who who eat moderately, maybe two people can be fed. Two and a half loaves each. One fish. But when, you know, like, like, like we say, when Jesus took that and spoke grace over the five loaves and two fish, what happened? Say so it multiplied. How many were fed? Thousands were fed. Now, if you're going to look by, if you're going to count what you have, if you're going to gauge what you have, if you're going to measure what you have, and if you're going to plan your life based on what you have, I'm telling you, you'll be so limited in your thinking. You'll be so limited in your, in your thinking. And that's why Jesus said, you know, you come, you follow me. You want to stay with what you have, you're going to be a fisherman all your life. But if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Fishers of men. And Peter didn't probably understand what, what, what is that about now. But there is grace. See, you must also understand, there is grace in what we say. That's why the Bible says, let your speech be without corruption. Amen. Giving grace, imparting grace to the... So your speech can impart grace. So, so when Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men, he was imparting grace to Peter. Hallelujah. Hey, you want to live a life, okay, boring life, and you just sit somewhere, come and warm the chair every Sunday and go back and warm your, your chair back home every, every day and come back the next Sunday and do the same thing over and over. If that's what you're, you're planning to do for the rest of your life, I'm telling you, you have no clue of what the grace of God can do. If all you have mapped out for your life or chalked out for your life is about what you have seen in you, not what God has seen in you. I'm telling you, your, your plan is such a minuscule, small, little plan. Grace. Say grace. Say grace. God is able to make all grace. Say all grace. All grace abound. Say abound. So the Bible, whenever the Bible talks about grace, it talks about abounding grace. It talks about exceeding grace. The Bible talks about exceeding grace. The Bible talks about abounding grace. The Bible talks about enriching grace. The, the Bible talks about growing in grace. The Bible talks about multiplication in grace. And 
Now God wants to rewrite your plan. And he wants to rewrite your plan. He wants to rewrite your plan. And he wants to rewrite your destiny. The destiny that you have chalked for yourself is too small for him. It's too small. It does not match up to what he has in store for you. You know why? Because you have not understood what grace can do. God gives grace to the humble. God gives grace to the humble. He makes grace abound. He gives exponential increase in grace. To what effect? <laughs> that it will enrich your life. So that you may abound in the work of the Lord. That's why grace is given. To abound in the work of the Lord. Some of you are like, what is the work of the Lord to start with? Are you abounding in the work of the Lord? Are you abounding in the work of the Lord? Are you going by your own strength or by the grace of God? Is it your plan or God's plan? Do not nullify the grace of God. Do not nullify the grace of God. With the grace of God, you can serve in the kingdom of God. That you may glorify God. That you will have all sufficiency. Always having all sufficiency in all things. For what? That you may have an abundance for every? It's for every good work. There is no moving forward without the grace of God. There is no, there's no growth without the grace of God. Now if, you, if you think you're stuck in some areas, that's because you have nullified the grace of God in that area. If you, if you have stuck in some areas of your life, it's because you have nullified the grace of God in that area. If things are not moving for you in certain areas, it's because you have nullified the grace of God in those areas. And I'm telling you it is possible. Because the Bible says it is possible to nullify the grace of God. It is possible for a person to miss out on the grace of God. And not enjoy the effects of the grace of God. The enriching effects of the grace of God. Because we have this tendency. Yes, we so cheapen the grace of God. To the, to the point that in the church today, grace has become a byword. Grace has become a, it's, a, it's become a point of conflict. You know, many in the church are divided on this one topic. Why? Because they have no understanding about the grace of God. You know, that's why we have discussions like, is grace the license to sin and this and that. You know, we are so distorted in our understanding of the grace of God. What is the grace of God? What is the grace of God? What can the grace of God do to our lives? What are the effects of the grace of God? You are a nobody without the grace of God. You are a nobody without the grace of God. You become who he wants you to be by the grace of God. When you live in your life completely ignorant of the grace of God, completely uh, neglecting the grace of God, overlooking the grace of God, not appreciating the grace of God, disregarding the grace of God. And you think you'll progress? No, you will not progress. I'm sorry. 
God gives grace to the humble. But he resists the proud. Look at that. The opposite of grace is resistance. The opposite of grace is resistance. Resistance in progress. Resistance in moving forward. Resistance in growth. What is that? The opposite of grace. The nullification of grace. There is one thing that you need the most in life. That's the grace of God. You can do without anything else. You can do without anything else. But you cannot live without the grace of God. You cannot live without the grace of God. You are nothing without the grace of God. You don't even start without the grace of God. Your vision is too small without the grace of God. You're too short-sighted without the grace of God. You make small plans without the grace of God. You want to make a choice. You want to enjoy the enrichment of the grace of God. You want to experience the exponential, the exponential sphere of the grace of God. Where everything gets exponentially increased. An enlargement. Grow in the grace of God. Be enlarged in the grace of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you're speaking, what you're teaching us. We lived a life many times without giving due consideration to what grace is. Without acknowledging the grace of God. Without giving glory to God. And we have tried to prove that it's our talent. We have tried to prove that it's our gifting. We have taken things for granted. Making it look like we inherited it by our smartness. We own it by our shrewdness. We claim that we have it because of our hard work. But the Bible screams that we are nothing without the grace of God. We cannot be who you want us to be without the grace of God. Thank you, Lord, for your grace which, en which enriches our lives. Your grace which enriches us in all speech and in knowledge. Your grace which is not just added to us but multiplied into our lives. Your grace, which is multidimensional, multifaceted, manifold, with varied expressions, with diverse expressions, Lord. And many times we don't even recognize that what we see in us, what we see in others is the, is the effect of grace. If we don't acknowledge that it is the grace, what we brag, we boast. You're so pompous. In doing so, Lord, we are in the danger of nullifying what you have lavished upon us. And we pray, Lord, that starting today, we will, we will have a change in understanding. We will consider, we will consider closely. We will consider closely consider closely 
the workings of grace, the gift of grace, the manifestation of grace, the dynamics of grace, that we may grow, that we may grow, that we may progress, that we may reach where you want us to be, that we, we may become what you want us to become. And come against every spirit of pride, every spirit of boastfulness, every spirit of arrogance. Lord, we come against it in Jesus' mighty name. Deal with it, Father. Deal with it, Lord. Deal with it, Father. May grace abound. Because you're able to make it abound in our lives. Grace abound. That grace abound. Grace of God abound. Thank you, Pa. May we impart grace to the hearers when we speak. May, may, may our speech cause multiplication. May our, may our speech cause satisfaction to the multitudes. May what we speak by your grace cause satisfaction to the multitudes, to the hungry souls, to the famished souls, Lord. We pray what we speak will carry the grace of God to fill them, to satisfy the deepest hunger in their beings. Help us to be indebted to nothing else but to the grace of God. To be indebted to the grace of God on a daily basis. May him who boasts boast in the grace of God which came to us through the cross of Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you're going to make us. Thank you for how what you're going to make out of us. Continue to build your people, repair us, mend us, correct us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello, this is Nishad Dilakoshi. I'm sure this podcast has blessed you. Do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected. May God bless you.